open to Matthew 19, chapter 1, to lift a few verses again from our morning reading, at verses starting at verse 16 to verse 26. I want to bring us down to verse 21. And Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. But when the young man heard this, he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Praise God for his words. You may be seated. As you take your seat, help me announce the subject matter to your neighbor. Tell them, good fruit of the Spirit. Don't leave your other neighbor. I let them know the next subject matter. Tell them, good fruit of the Spirit. We look at the fruit of the Spirit, and again, we see that it involves love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, gentleness. Against such things, there is no law. Here we pick up on goodness. But before I get into the text, let me do a quick review. Remember, we talked about love. We talked about how joy. We talked about his peace. And we've talked about patience. And we've talked about kindness. And now let's talk about goodness. So when you look at this text, Matthew, this 19th chapter, you find it also in some the synaptic gospel. You can see it in Luke 18 and Mark 10th chapter. The story of this rich young ruler coming to Jesus, asking him about how can I have eternal life? What can I do to get eternal life? Basically saying to him, good teacher, what good things can I do to have eternal life? He understood that I want to be good. I, I want to make it into the kingdom of heaven. Let me do a quick survey here. Anybody here want to make it into the kingdom of heaven? Anybody here wants to make it into the kingdom of heaven? All right, I'm glad I got the right audience. All right, here. So let's look into what takes us into the kingdom of heaven. What is punches our ticket and makes us there? And here it is. This man says, well, I know the law. I've been keeping the law, so I think I've got it. I think I understand. So he comes to Jesus, and look how he addresses him. He says, good teacher. Now, Jesus looks at him and says, why do you come to me asking about what is good? Uh, There's only one person who is good. Y'all catch that. Look closely there in the text. Uh, The Son of God made it clear there's only one who is good. Now, when he said that, my mind started thinking about then, what is good? Good. And it took me back to Genesis. Anybody ever read Genesis? And, and, and you look at Genesis, that word good is repeated multiple times, especially when he's dealing with creation. He made the first day. It was good. He made the earth. It was good. He made the skies. He made the sea. It was good. And finally, when he made man, he said it was really good. But everything was good. And and, and so I said, well, if this was good and he made it, and when he made heaven and the earth, when God made the creation, you know it was perfect. It was excellent. But yet God did not use those words in the Bible. He chose to use the word good. And so I started thinking about what is good. When we say something is good, sometimes we say it's mediocre. I lost somebody. 
Oftentimes when somebody says something is good, they, they say it's mediocre. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great. It was good. When you are checking stuff out, they ask you what condition is it in? Is it in poor condition? Is it good condition or is it excellent condition? And, and oftentimes they have some qualifiers. They have, is it lightly used or used? And it says, if it's lightly used, means it's in good condition. It means we might sell it again. Think about how you get on a Kelly Blue Book level looking at cars and you want to find out what, how much you can get back for your car. So they ask you, and what kind of condition is it in? And so is it new? If it's new, they know you pretty much not looking. So you probably, why, why are you really trying to sell it if it's new? But if it's, you know, is it good condition? I mean, they ask, you know, does it have scratches? Does it have some wear and tear on it? Everything is, is good, but good is not the best. And so how is it that when God made the heavens and the earth and it was perfect, he used good? Because why? God is good. Mm. And so it, it shows to us that we in our limited vocabulary have taken down the power and the word of good and lowered it down and says excellent is better. But yet when God is looking to us and expressing this in the text that when he asks us to be good, he's asking us to be, as we would say, excellent or be perfect or be holy. So look at again, when you think about that word good, I hope it extends your vocabulary and start thinking about what really is good. Because we say it many times in the church, God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. Are you saying God is mediocre? Are you saying God is just average? No, that's not what you're saying. When you say God is good, you're saying he is holy, he is pure, he is excellent, he is marvelous. Is this microphone on? Am I talking to somebody here on this morning? If he's all those things, somebody ought to say amen. God is good. He is excellent. He is marvelous, And he calls us to be good. Mm. So understanding this good, looking at this, we see why Jesus is highlighting him that only the Father is good. Now, this has given us a challenge because this man wants to be good and he thinks he's being good by following the, the commandments of a good God. But Jesus has already stumped him and said there's only one who is good. And this man is saying, I'm trying to be good. So here comes our problem. Because if God is good and and if he is good, who is good? God is. And so what is good? Obeying his command. Because you understand clearly that Jesus did not say he was wrong obeying his commands. And so what I want us to grab here, at least three messages that we can grab from this text is the first thing. If you miss everything else I say, you're gonna, if you want to fall asleep now, you can't after I give you these three. Is this. First, you've got to obey God's commands. Second, you have to give your life to him. Thirdly, you must follow him. It's right there in the text. He says, how can I be good? Well, Jesus says, obey his commands, know his word. Secondly, Jesus says, well, now give everything you have. Thirdly, it says, now follow me. Man left sad. Here comes a lot for artists about how we want to be good, but we really don't want to be good. To be good, we have to do Things that require for us to be good. For example, many of us, many of us, many of us have gone over and over again to the doctor talking about when we get a bad report, how next time I'm going to be better because I want to have good health. 
And since I want to have good health, I say how I'm going to exercise more. And so that new day comes by, your alarm goes off, you're steady because you got up early, you want to get up early in the morning to go run and do your exercise and do all those things. And you do what you've always done in the past, snooze. I, I'll start that tomorrow. And then, then you get up and you look in the mirror and say, man, I should have worked out. We, we understand if I want good health, I have to do the disciplinary actions that's going to take me to get there. Jesus is letting us know that if we want to be good, there's some habits that we need to create, some disciplinary actions we need to do in order that we can be good. This young rich ruler understood that. They says, I, I, I know the commands. I've kept them. So Jesus says, well, Jesus, tell me which ones I should keep. Oh, well, don't commit adultery. Don't bear false testimony. You know, honor thy mother and father. Do all these things. Hey, hey. I kept them. I'm good. I I know those commandments. Even David read it in the psalm that how can a young man keep his way pure? By having thine word hidden in our heart that I might not sin against you. We understand that when we have his word in our hearts, it guides us, it directs us, it helps us. Think about how if you don't want to get a ticket, you need to know the the, the laws of the road. And they test you to say, well, we're not going to just let anybody drive. You at least need to know these basic laws and so laws. And, and check this out. Even the, the DMV gives you some grace that they give you at least three tries. <laughs> Aren't you glad that God gives us a chance after chance that when we break them or we get them wrong, we got an opportunity to take it over? And, and so in the beautiful aspect of that God desires for us to be good, he's worked out, as we already talked about, his kindness, his patience, his love, his mercy towards us. And so we understand what is good, then I, I must obey his commands. So and to obey his commands, I must what? Know his commands. When's the last time you opened up your Bible not just to look up something in Sunday school, but just to have some personal time with God? And say, Lord, I want to know you. Think about how we get upset of other people that don't call on you out the blue to check on you, but only call on you when they need something. You get irked with them. But yet God's supposed to understand. We need to understand that if we want a relationship with a good God, we need to work on our relationship with a good God. So we must understand that, yes, I understand that thou shalt not commit murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, shalt not bear false witness, I should honor my mother and father, I shall love the neighbor as myself. I understand that, but now that I understand it, now I got to work it out. Because a lot of things we understand, we understand that we talk about we want good health, we need to eat healthy, we need to exercise, we understand it, but are we going to work it out? Because when we know God's laws, we also know our faults. Just as we know when we're eating healthy, we know when we're not eating healthy. And when we know these things, we need to realize that something in me needs to change. And so that's the challenge to be good. Why is it a challenge to be good? Remember, in Genesis, God made everything good. But who messed it up? We did. Because of the fall of man, we have a fallen nature in us that when we want to do good, what did Paul say? Evil is right there. I I, I want to obey his law, but the law of the flesh, the sin in me, wants to gratify myself. Anybody here, you try to get on a diet, but all of a sudden stuff started smelling good? 
All of a sudden, your, your nose becomes even keener than it ever has before. That you can smell somebody cooking down the street. You're like, wait a minute. I think I, mm-hmm, yes. I'll start my fast tomorrow. You all of a sudden use this breakdown because the flesh wants what the flesh wants. We must beat our flesh into submission and surrender to the spirit. We have to say, Lord, not my will be done, but thy will be done because God's will is good. That's why it says present your body as a what? A living sound, holy and acceptable. And you're going you're to prove his good Y'all see that word? And perfect will. You see, when we surrender to God, we're going to do what is good. What, what, what will honor, oh God? Well, please, oh God, oh man, do what is good. Love what is good. Love justice and do right. You see, God has called us to be good because he is good. And so when the young man comes to him and Jesus looks at him and says, who is good but God? He challenges him and says, obey the commands. He says, I know those. I've, I've kept that. I'm good there. I checked that off. Great. Now, in this text, it does not. But in Mark and Luke, it says that you're lacking one thing. And that's when he moves in to tell him, go sell everything that you have and give it to the poor. And then follow me. Remember, first thing, obey the commands. Second is surrender everything, your life, your possessions unto God. Here it is. Now he has an issue. I had no problem with the commands. I understand those. But now you're getting in my personal life. You don't have my permission to get in my business. Uh, this is my business, not yours. Now, how are you going to tell me what to do with my property? And that's the terminology we had. Let me help you out. When Jesus told him to sell his possessions, he forgot to understand all that he had came from the Lord. I hope you don't fall into that same problem that when you go home, you look at everything and say, look what I got. And say, I work hard for all this and come to find out that it's not yours in the first place. Because I, I guarantee that if you left and you never return back to that, so somebody else is going to try them out. And see if they like them as good as you. And if they don't, they might just throw them away and not care about as much as you do. Think about the things we care about that no, nobody else care about. You got a picture hanging on the wall that you love in a prominent place. Somebody that's moving to the house, they're going to throw it away. I don't care about that picture. You got a car that you like. You keep it clean, but nobody else care about that car. Matter of fact, they might throw a grocery cart into your car. Could care less. It's amazing how we care about stuff that nobody else care about, and we put so much, so much umph and, and emphasis on it that we put God behind it. And if you need some help, I, I guarantee maybe some of you might have seen some people like that on your way here to worship. You saw them out washing their car. You know, Sunday morning, that's when I take care of my baby. How is it that Sunday morning is the opportunity that you could take out and wash a car, but a filthy old sinner can't come to God and say, I'm in need of your blood to cleanse on me? It's amazing how we can set precedence upon things that we think are important until we find out they're not important. Because once they get in trouble, ever since everybody all of a sudden knows the address to God. 
Don't care about God when things seem okay in your life. But as soon as you got some trouble, everybody got access. Oh, God help me. Think about it. People never walk into the church till they need some help. You help them out, you don't see them again. Here it is. Jesus saying that you want to do what is good. I, I'm saying I need all of you. All of you. Sell everything that you have. Now, oftentimes, think about it. What is good? Think about how there's always a new electronic device coming out. And, and you always want the best that is out there. And so you may trade in what you have to get something better. Let me help you out. Some of us are holding on to things in our life thinking it's the best that we ever have. And we're holding on now, willing to give up thinking that we're not going to get anything as good. Let me help you out. You can give up everything that you have in your house. And yes, maybe tomorrow you may not have anything new. But that's not the promise. The promise is that when he shows up, we allow the pleasure of the present blind us of the facts of the future. Nowhere can you find in the Bible that Jesus guaranteed that you will always be rich and never poor. But he does teach that at the end of time, my children will inherit the kingdom of heaven. Mm, mm. And you understand that inheritance comes once somebody dies. And in order for us to get our inheritance, he had to die. But secondly, you too got to die. We must die to ourselves so we can live in the spirit. Let us not be like this rich young ruler that we leave sad when we hear the good news. You see, the good news was good, and, and he did not receive it as good news because it's not what he wanted to hear. I, I don't know about you, but I've been there many of times that somebody told me what was good for me, but I didn't want to hear. And I left sad. I left upset. I might even say some things I regretted. But I thank you to God's grace and his mercy that in those times of my confusion, at times of my rebellion, in times of my issues, he still loves me that he helped me get back to my senses anybody here glad you say aren't you glad as you come to your senses that you find out what God has is greater than what the world has to offer and if you truly believe it, then we must understand as this unlike this rich young ruler said God said give it up say Lord how much I'll give it all if that's what you want I'll give it all we sing the song, Lord, I surrender, I give myself away, but we have a limit. All to Jesus, I surrender, which means, you know, right now at this moment, but don't ask me when I'm having fun. No, no, don't, don't call me when I'm on vacation. Don't, don't get with me if I'm doing the things that I like. But right now, Lord, I'm going to surrender. You know, we, we, you know, we're convenient. We're based on circumstance. You know, right now I will, but let times get rough. And all you have is a dollar. And God says, give me that dollar. He said, Lord, you know I need this. Here it is that we need to understand that what we have comes from him. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord. If he's our provider, if he's our protector, and we say that we must believe it, we must walk it out for the just walk by faith, not by sight. If we're going to pray the Lord's prayer, Lord, give me this day my daily bread. Won't you believe it? Say, Lord, uh, if I have nothing, I'm trusting you to give me everything. And so 
If God is good, then he's going to do what is good because he's wise and good. He's holy and good. God does nothing wrong. He is not evil, nor can he do evil, nor can he be tempted by evil because God is good. Evil's within us. The sin we do is because we want to do. We can't blame somebody else. Somebody got quiet in here. That's all right. I just want to let you know that that it's very clear that James makes it very clear to us that the evil we do comes from our own evil desire. I know it's easy to say the devil made me do it. I know it's easy to project and blame somebody else. Well, if you didn't get in my way, if you didn't say this or if you didn't do this, I would not have done this. But the problem is that you need to take your heart and lay it before Jesus and say, Lord, I got some issues in my heart. I have some problems in my life and I can't do it. That's why when Peter says to him, Lord, wait a minute, he can't get into the kingdom of heaven, this rich man. Now, footnote, in this time, they believed the rich were favored by God. Now, you said in that time, we believe it in this time, too. So nothing has changed. You believe that the rich are favored by God. Oh, God must really bless them because they got a nice car. They got a big house. They got a big home, a nice job, retirement. They can vacation, whatever they want. God's really been good to them. So they thought the same thing. Well, if this rich man can't make it into the kingdom of God, we poor folk, and we left everything we had to follow you. How are we going to make it? That's when Jesus pointed out to him, for man, it is impossible. But with who? All things are possible. I want you to understand that the reason why this man had an issue in his life and left sad because he was trying to do it on his own. Remember, how can we be good? We must trust his word. We must surrender ourselves. He, he knew the word, but it didn't seem like he trusted because he was not really to give up himself. And Jesus not only says you must follow him. How many times has he said to disciples that if you want to be my disciple, you must deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow after me. Jesus has made it very clear that if you want to be my disciple, you must follow me all the way. And so here it is in our lives that we must understand that if I'm going to give myself away, I must truly surrender unto God and realize that all I have belongs to you and what I have came from you. And so how can I be good? I must know his word, have it hidden in my heart that I might not sin against him. I must freely give myself up to him and I must follow him. Now, here's the here's the joy part of this message. Where can we follow him? Well, in our gospel, we see about Jesus. We let's see how we can line up with Jesus, the son of God. He was born. Okay, we were born too great. All right. He died on the cross. Have you died on the cross? In Galatians 2.20, Paul says, it's no longer I who live. Because I have been crucified with Christ on the cross. So the life I now live, I live by faith. For the one who loved me and died for me. And so have you died on the cross? Second, did he, he was buried, but he rose again. Have you rose again? Have you surrendered to the spirit of holy God? To now walk a new life, putting on the new man, taking off the old man. Because this resurrection is symbolized in our baptism that when we are baptized, we go in and we come up new and and put on new clothes and and be refreshed and be renewed. So so on us being buried with him and rising with him. Now, Cassius, Cassius, he's gone away. He is ascended now to the right hand of the Father. You too. He says, don't be troubled, but in my Father's house is room with many mansions. He says, I go. 
to prepare a place for you. For when I come back there, you may be also. Sometimes I think we forget the part he says, I'm coming back. And, and, and the reason why he's coming back so that he can take us to where he wants us to be. But we can't get there if we don't have him with us. And, and, and look what happens. If you're going to follow him, he's giving you a promise that, behold, I will be with you until the end of the earth. I want you to grab that if he's called you to be good, he realized you can't be good on your own. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Not one man is good. All have gone to their evil ways. Romans 3 and 11 makes it very clear that we are not good and we can't be good. But by the grace of God, I'm so glad that his grace has enabled us to do good. Because sometimes we are good by accident, but not on purpose. Because even when we are good, we are good because we want something back in return. But when we got the Spirit of God in us, it enables us to be good to somebody, even when they're not going to be good to us, because you understand, I'm not being good for your sake, but I'm being good for God's sake, because God is good all by himself. Is there anybody here glad that Jesus died on the cross, rose up on the third day with all power in his hand, and he's coming back looking for his good church, a spot without blemish and wrinkle, and we can't get that way on all, only by the blood of Jesus. Anybody have been washed and redeemed by the blood of Jesus? Good day now, Zion. May the Lord bless you real good. On your way home, you ought to testify that I serve a good God. I serve an awesome God. He saved me from my wicked self. All by myself, I'm evil, I'm corrupt, I'm messed up from the floor. But I'm so glad he crowned me uh, with a crown of glory. All because of my faith in him. I can't be good on my own, but I can't be good with him. And no promise never leave me. No promise. I'm done now, but hallelujah, can somebody testify that he is good? Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. You are good and your mercy endureth forever. People. Doors of the church are now open. Hallelujah. Somebody says, Lord, I surrender to this good God. We welcome you here in this place. For you.